welcome to the Sensitive and Soulful Show. If you're the type of person who's often heard that you're too sensitive, you're too emotional, you're just too much, this is your place. Hi, my name is Alyssa Boyer and I'm a mentor for highly sensitive people. My mission in life is to help other highly sensitive souls learn how to embrace their sensitivity as a gift. Each week, I will share tools, tips, and stories for you to learn how to lean into your sensitivity and learn how to work with it instead of fighting against it. I believe the world is a better place when more sensitive, deep-feeling people feel comfortable and confident in their skin, and I can't wait to show you how. So, get comfy, and let's dive in. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Sensitive and Soulful Show. For today's podcast episode, I am actually sharing with you an audio training that I had created back in October for my highly sensitive and soulful members. So you'll get a peek into one of the many things uh, the highly sensitive and soulful members get every single month. So this is an audio all about highly sensitive people and work stress. This is something I have been feeling myself and I know that so many of you will be able to relate as well. So this will be a great one to turn to anytime you are feeling overwhelmed, stressed, overbooked, turn to this episode to support you. And if you are interested in becoming a highly sensitive and soulful member, the membership will be open for enrollment this spring. And I do have a wait list for that, which I totally recommend you getting on if you are interested in joining because waitlist members always get a special perk. So you can hop on the membership waitlist via the link in the show notes, and I am super, super excited to reopen enrollment. So many good things in that membership. So, all right, let's get into the episode. I hope this serves you well, and as always, please share, rate, review if you are loving the podcast. It really helps me get the word out. Thank you so much for your support. Let's dive in. Hello, highly sensitive and soulful members. This month, we are going to be talking about work stress and HSPs. This has been a highly requested topic, and it's such an important one to talk about. And I feel like I have quite the authority to speak on this because whether you work from home or you work for someone else, I get it. Maybe you know, maybe you don't know, but I still work full time for Vans, the shoe company. So that's my full time job. I work from home and then I run my business on the side. And so I can very much relate to somebody who's feeling stressed out in a corporate work environment, as well as somebody who's feeling stressed working for themselves. I I can definitely empathize with both the sides. And so I think that will hopefully be helpful in me sharing some tips with you all and helping you learn how to manage work stress in a healthier way. So I think it's safe to say that work stress appears to be on the rise. 
people are talking about mental health more and more these days. It's just becoming so much more mainstream and so much more talked about. And also the term burnout and people talking about being burnt out from work is also getting talked about a lot more. And I'm really grateful for this, that this is becoming more of a widely known and accepted topic. However, I don't know that many employers are necessarily taking steps to help with this, but it is something that is known more and that I think is a great thing. So for highly sensitive people especially, we're going to be more impacted by work stress just like we're going to be more impacted by any type of stress really. When you think of a work environment, whether you work for yourself or you work for someone else, you're often going to be coming across overstimulation, multitasking, dealing with different types of personalities, having days that are totally booked, feeling like you're stretched thin, struggling to manage what's a priority and what's not. You know, the benefits of working for yourself are that you get to be your own boss and you get to delegate tasks to yourself and make your own schedule and things like that. But also, I I hear from a lot of entrepreneurs that this can be a challenge because We aren't always a great boss to ourselves, and it can take a learning to kind of figure out how to set up a schedule for yourself and and what works for you. Also, if you're an entrepreneur, you're going to have your hands in a lot of different pots. You're going to be needing to do a lot of different things. And so that can quickly become overstimulating for a highly sensitive person. And then looking at it from the corporate work lens, We are on somebody else's schedule, essentially, and we are at the beck and call of others a lot of times. Often we don't have a ton of control over the meetings that are put on our calendars. We'll have projects that are due that, you know, we must follow a specific deadline. And so with all of that can cause stress. It can cause overwhelm, overstimulation, anxiety. I've shared my story with you all before, I think, but I'll just touch on it quickly. In my past, I worked for a different corporate company, and I ended up getting to a place of severe burnout to the point where I developed really bad digestive issues, SIBO and leaky gut. And the environment I was in was toxic. It was completely toxic. And I wanted to touch on actually how you can tell if a work environment is toxic for you because, you know, I will say that with work, whether you work for yourself or someone else, there is going to be a certain level of imperfection and discomfort that we're going to have to like put up with with our work. I don't think there's anything out there that is 100% perfect and comfortable all of the time. Like we all know that there's just some stuff that's not ideal, but we kind of have to put up with it. But there's a difference between that and and something that is like toxic and unhealthy for you. So in my case, the work environment was definitely toxic. I was in a place where people were always yelling, finger pointing. There was a lack of respect, which for me as an HSP, I would go into work every day and my stomach would just hurt as I drove into the office and it would just get worse and worse as I was there because I didn't know what I was going to be walking into. I didn't know if I was going to get yelled at. I didn't know if I was going to have my boss coming over to me all frazzled and telling me I had to finish this intense project in a couple of hours. Like, I didn't know what I was getting into and it was incredibly stressful for me. Another reason that it really became toxic was just the culture at this other workplace. 
it was pretty much glorified to work crazy long hours and basically have no life. People would work on the weekends. People would get into the office at 7 a.m. and leave at 8 p.m. And this was something that was applauded. You were seen as a really good employee if you did this. And for me, as a high achiever type, I wanted to work my way up the ladder. I pushed myself to meet these standards. I pushed myself to work the long, crazy hours. I always tried to do my best with every single project that I did, of course, which it's good to have, you know, have pride in your work, but I pushed myself way past my limits to the point where I was, like I said, developing severe digestive issues. I was also losing hair because I was so stressed out. And I honestly could not stand my boss. Every time he even came close to me, I would just get a visceral reaction. Like my entire body would freeze up and I just felt sick because I just couldn't stand him. He just really stressed me out. So for me, all of this was really a toxic environment. The practices I'll share with you today are really going to be helpful for you when you're managing stress in the workplace and in life in general. How I knew that this environment was toxic and I needed to make a change was that it took so much effort just for me to feel okay every day. Like it took all of my effort to just get by without freaking out or crying. And that's how I knew like this was no way to live. I couldn't continue on like this because it was deteriorating my health and my my well-being. It trickled into my personal life and made me a really unhappy person and a difficult person to be in a relationship with, honestly, because I was just so unhappy. And so if stress from, from your work is getting to this point, it's definitely time to make a change because life is short. And I know that, you know, obviously making money is essential. We need to have a way to support ourselves. And it's not always so easy as like just going and quitting your job. But we have to come to a point where we, it's up to us to choose how we're going to move forward. So I just want to put that out there. If you're in a position where it's just like really, really unhealthy for you and it's deteriorating your, your experience of life, your quality of life, it's time to look at that. Because I always say like, if we're unhappy with something, but we're not really doing anything to change it, then we're continuing to choose that. So I would just offer to you how can I take ownership of this experience and how can I take this into my own hands and and make a change that supports me? All right, so let's get into more of the, the practical things that you can do. So first and foremost, I love telling HSPs, the, one of the main things that's been really supportive for me, which is single tasking. Oh my gosh, single tasking is literally just focusing on one task at a time. Now, before you listen to this and you're like, oh my gosh, but I have to multitask, just hear me out. I think that there are a lot of times where we are multitasking and juggling a lot of things at once because we think we have to, we think we're more productive that way. But actually for highly sensitive people, we're already processing and noticing so much in our environments that it can quickly become overstimulating and overwhelming for us when we feel like we have all of these different tabs open, so to speak. It can easily drain our energy and make us feel overwhelmed. And so it was a complete game changer for me when I started learning that focusing on one task at a time is like so nourishing to my nervous system. And that might sound weird, but 
it like immediately calms your system when you know exactly what you need to be working on and what's the priority and you can just simply focus on that one thing. Like it is really just a huge helpful practice for highly sensitive people. So that is one thing I would highly recommend. If you can start to incorporate more single tasking into your life, that's huge. Just it's as simple as having the intention to see one task through to a completion before moving to the next task. It's great. The other thing I would say that has also been huge, I mean, everything that I'm sharing with you is really helpful for me, so they're all huge. But the other one is reducing energy leaks. And so an energy leak is something that is going to be taking up your energy, kind of like hanging over your head and kind of like, yeah, just sucking out the energy from you without you even realizing it. Energy leaks can be little things. So some examples of energy leaks that you might not even realize are having a to-do list that's way too long, that's unrealistic for your day. Because every time you look at that to-do list and you see that you still have 12 items on it to check off and it's already 3.30 p.m., like, it's leaking your energy. It's kind of making you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm not even close to getting this done. Like, I'm failing. I'm not doing enough. Huge energy leak. Another example would be those little tasks that you know you need to do, but you keep putting off. So this would be something like, going to get your oil changed, calling to make that dentist appointment, paying that bill, like these little things that really don't take that much time, but we keep putting them off because we just don't want to deal with it. It might seem really like small and not that big of a deal, but it really like takes up some energy. It's always that thing that's kind of like hanging over your head. And you'll know that you've closed an energy leak because you will feel this sense of calm. Like, you know, after you make that phone call, you book that that doctor's appointment and you suddenly are like, oh, like that wasn't so bad. Why did I wait so long to do that? That is a perfect example. And so I love telling HSPs to really simplify, to really close those gaps up, close up those leaks, simplify, single task, huge, 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 huge. Another thing that I love to tell highly sensitive people is that it's important to find a scheduling planning technique that works for you. This is key for like, so, you know, if you look out in the world, there's all sorts of like time management experts and people that tell you, okay, you need to time block or you need to do this method or that method. This is the best one. And speaking from my own experience, I used to feel really overwhelmed because I was like, oh my gosh, there's all these different methods out here. And None of them really feel good for me. Like I tried to do time blocking and it just did not work because I just felt so trapped by this this exact time I needed to be doing this exact thing. And what if I didn't feel like doing it then? So anyway, I would encourage you to get really creative with a time management schedule that works for you. Play around with it. I found this to be such a game changer for me as an HSP. And in general, I find that as highly sensitive people, we often have to like forge our own path and do things our own way because we are wired differently. So maybe the time block schedules that work for everyone else don't work for you. And that doesn't mean you need to like force yourself to fit this mold or do things the way everyone else does. Maybe it just means you need to find your own way to do things. So that's a huge one. And on that note too, I think as a general guideline for all HSPs, it's don't overwhelm yourself with so many to-dos in one day. 
if you're working for someone else, this can be really hard because there's a certain amount of tasks and things that you have to get done. And I know if you work for yourself, same thing. But as much as you can, if you can reduce your to-do list to like four items, what are the four most important needle-moving tasks that I need to do? Really identifying that at the beginning of your day is so huge because if you're walking into your day feeling flustered, unsure of what the priority is, unclear, this adds immediate stress. It immediately makes us feel cloudy, overwhelmed, overstimulated. I know for myself, if if things are unclear, I just immediately feel ungrounded and kind of frantic sometimes. If you can be really grounded and clear on what the priorities are, that's huge. And if you don't know what the priorities are and you're working for someone else, make sure you're having that conversation with your boss and, and getting clarity on that. And This brings me to my next point then, which are boundaries. So let's first start with if you're working for someone else. So a lot of HSPs will tell me that, you know, their boss is very demanding and they have so much on their plate and it's hard to say no because, you know, no one else can do it. And also, I should say that many HSPs tend to be the prized employee, the employee that everyone comes to 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 get help from because, We have a tendency to be really good employees. We're conscientious, hardworking, detail-oriented, thorough. And so this is awesome. We make a great employee, but if we don't have good boundaries, we can very easily get taken advantage of. So if boundaries are a struggle, go, go listen to my boundaries module after this so you can get a refresher there. But it's important for you to advocate for yourself and what you have time, energy, and space for. So if you're working for someone else and they're giving you all of these projects and you're overwhelmed and you're working till nine o'clock at night, like that's not okay. And we need to make a change because for HSPs, like we, we will get stressed out more easily and we can be more prone to burnout and chronic illness. And so we really need to avoid that. And that means advocating for ourselves. So if you're chronically overwhelmed It's important to talk to your boss and get clarity. What are the priorities? Ask them, what what do I need to get done first? If they're continuously putting in more projects on your plate, then, you know, you can say, okay, I have these three projects on my plate right now. What is priority? What could wait a little bit because I only have the bandwidth for X, Y, Z. And we have to be very direct about it and we have to stand up for ourselves because it is up to us to take control of the workload we have, you know, like what we're willing to take on. And I know that can be really hard to do, but if you have an employer that is continually not respecting you, if you're bringing this up to them and they're insisting that you have to get all of it done in one day, like that's not cool. And we know that. And I know there are certain busy seasons and times where it might be an exception that needs to be made, but in general, We really deserve to be respected, and so we need to be sure we're advocating for ourselves and having boundaries about around that. Um, And then if you're working for yourself, it's very similar. Like, we need to be very clear around what we have time, energy, and space for. For myself, since I work full-time and I have my business on the side, I have to be incredibly intentional with how I spend my time, and that looks like not saying yes to every single opportunity that comes my way which has been hard for me. Um, And an example I'll share that really highlights this that hopefully will be helpful for you is like 
So just because you have the time, like literally have the time, you might not have the actual energy for it. So I had this woman reach out to me the other week and she wanted me to be a guest on her podcast. And she, I I was like, okay, great. I'm excited. I scheduled my interview with her for the beginning of November. She reached back out to me and was like, hey, I'm actually doing a mini series and I need to have it recorded sooner than November. Could you do it? Could you do a podcast interview earlier with me? And this would have meant I had to do the podcast recording in early to mid-October. For me, the month of October is crazy for me. I am going to be traveling 15 out of 31 days <laughs> this month because my I have three weddings I'm attending. They're all over the country. Anyway, did I technically have space in my calendar where I could have fit this podcast interview in? Yes. Yes, I did. I did have one hour I could have fit in on a weekend in between all of the craziness. And I sat with this for a while. I felt a little guilty. I was like, I feel so bad saying no, but like, and I should help her out. And, you know, technically I have that hour, but you know what? I needed to advocate for myself here because I have learned time and time again that when I schedule myself back to back, when I don't allow myself space, when I don't give myself the opportunity to have some freedom and wiggle room, I get really stressed, I get really anxious, and I start to get sick to my stomach. I don't want to have digestive issues. And so even though it was hard for me, and I, you know, I did experience some guilt, I had to let this woman know that I'm sorry, unfortunately, I cannot do a podcast early to mid-October, the earliest I could do would be the last week of October. So I shared that with her, and I haven't gotten a response back, and that's okay. It's it's very uncomfortable at times to set a boundary. It can be nerve-wracking. We can feel bad about it. But at the end of the day, it's up to us to know how to manage our time and energy and our space. And so that's something I would definitely offer up to anyone, especially entrepreneurs, like you're making your own schedule, Make sure when you're looking at your day, just because you have an hour doesn't mean you actually really have that energetically. Because also, like, if you've ever done a podcast interview, you may be chatting for an hour, but as an HSP, there's usually kind of a lead up. You kind of need to, like, prepare yourself mentally and emotionally for it. And then afterwards, you know, depending on the conversation, you might feel quite drained and unable to kind of, you know, have a productive day afterwards, which brings me to my next point, which is energy management. So for highly sensitive people, knowing our how our energy levels tend to ebb and flow and how our energy is impacted by certain experiences and events and and type of work and things like that, that's really important because that's why I've found that a lot of time management methods don't always work for highly sensitive people because it's not just about having an hour of time or having, you know, a certain amount of time to do X activity. It's also about how our energy is. And so I would like, if you don't know when your most productive hours are and when you're most on and most alert, definitely start paying attention to that. Like, and then you can start as much as you're able to, as much flexibility as you have, you can start kind of moving around meetings and, and, putting certain tasks at certain parts of the day based on how your energy is best managed. And 
how it kind of flows. So for me, I am always very alert and productive in the mornings. And so I tend to put my biggest projects at the beginning of the day, whether it's for my full-time job or for my business. Um, And then in the afternoon, my energy tends to decline and I don't necessarily feel as creative. So I'll do more of the admin tasks. Maybe it's responding to emails or scheduling clients, things like that. So I would definitely encourage you to kind of assess your own energy levels and kind of pay attention to how you're impacted by certain tasks and times of the day and things like that, because then you can really be more efficient with how you you know, you use your time. Because for me, like if I'm trying to do a huge project at 4 p.m., like it's going to probably take me three times as long to do that project because I simply don't have the energy for it as I would in the morning. So all of that's really important. And on that note too, again, it's like paying attention to how other people's energy affects you. So if you're If you know that after podcast interviews, you always feel quite drained, then make sure you're not scheduling four back to back. Or if, you know, meeting with your boss always kind of throws you into a loop, then if there's a way that you can kind of give yourself a half hour buffer between your next meeting, do that. Do the little things like as much as you can to support yourself and to support your energy. That is so important for highly sensitive people. The last thing that I want to touch on is something that I tell every single HSP client that I have, and it's to put your armor on for the day. So I always picture this as like you're getting ready and you're getting getting armored up. No matter what happens in your day, you know, ahead, you have your armor on and you're more able to navigate it with grace and ease. You're more able to respond rather than react. So for me, what that looks like is beginning every single morning with meditation, light movement, and journaling. That is like a non-negotiable part of my day. And now what that exactly looks like might fluctuate. Some mornings I'm going to go for a walk outside and listen to a podcast, and then I'm going to meditate after. Other times it's meditate first thing and then do some yoga, whatever. You know, I let myself be a bit flexible with it, but... The point is the same in that I'm always starting my day with something that is just for me. I'm not going onto my phone right away and checking social media because if I do that, I'm immediately giving away my time and energy to other people. Instead, I'm making my mornings be a really sacred time for myself. It's my time. It's my time to connect to myself and be intentional about how I want to start my day. And I have found that when I do this, it makes such a huge difference in how the rest of my day goes. This is something I learned how to do after working my first corporate job that was really stressful. I learned that I couldn't control the craziness that I was going to step into, but I could control how I began my day and the practices that I put into place. That was so huge. I'll also share in the practice video this month, an EFT tapping video to help you release stress. So if you have had a stressful day, because, you know, sometimes it's hard to get away from, you can do that EFT tapping video at the end of the day to really help you release the stress that you may have picked up. I'm also going to include a meditation that you can do midday that you can turn to if you're like, in the middle of a stressful day, but you have five minutes to like escape and and practice a meditation, that is going to be huge for you. I think as often as we can, 
it's really important for us to schedule in little check-ins in our day. You know, maybe you put an alarm on your calendar for every hour. You just check in with yourself and you notice, are my shoulders tense? Um, Is my stomach hurting? You know, am I hunched over? Like, how am I doing? Make it a point to intentionally check in with yourself and let that be a compass, a way to guide you into what you need. If you're noticing you're feeling very tense and worked up, give yourself a minute or two to walk away from your computer or walk away from, you know, after you see that patient, whatever your career is, give yourself that time to just take a step back, assess your how you're feeling, and then give yourself what you need. Maybe you just need a drink of water and just like to close your eyes for a minute. Maybe you need to go meditate. Maybe you need to go for a walk. Maybe if you're able to, you just need to call it quits for the day. So all of these tools and tips that I've shared with you today are really my my best practices for managing stress, whether you work for yourself, whether you work for someone else. It's always up to us to advocate for our needs and do what we can to set ourselves up for success. So that means having mindful practices, having boundaries, and creating space in our day as much as we possibly can to just connect with ourselves and check in so we can give ourselves what we need. So I am sending you so much love and I can't wait to hear how you like this month's topic. Thank you so much for joining me. If you like this podcast, please be sure to rate, subscribe, and share it with a friend who might need it. And I can't wait to chat with you next time. Sending you all the love. Talk soon.